The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Yes, that is so retrograde. Coming in fierce and campy like Lady Gaga at the Met Gala. Hello. Hello. I'm Elizabeth Cott. Hello, Elizabeth Cott. I'm Stephanie Zbori. I cannot stop looking we at Met Gala. We are trolling the Met Gala. Oh my God, I forgot Zendaya was really cute too. That was great. Guys, we went through everyone. Tell us who your fave was. We'd love to hear it. We've got a great show today. Yeah, we do. We've got Jared Matthew Weiss joining us. Ooh, of Touchpoint. Very excited. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about sex. It's going to be... Sexual. Yeah. It's going to be fiery. It's going to be interesting and deep, and maybe someone's going to get fingered. Just like the Met Gala. <laughs> I was actually wondering, like, they go to the Met Gala, then they go to the after party, then is that where shit goes down? Or is it just, like, boring and everyone goes home? it's pretty much boring, regardless. It's, like, right. a lot of work for and a then, lot of letdown. Let me ask you something. This Please. year... Let me let me answer you something. Since you're the Anna Wintour of this podcast... Yes. Um, does... Uh, last year, I remember there was, like, a no phones, no photos inside rule. Yeah. And then what? This year, they just, like, changed that? No, they still have that. Like, it's just people ignore it. So like Gwen Stefani, for example, was like Instagram storying like the whole time inside. Does that mean she doesn't get invited back? Like if I, you go to her I'm Instagram, it's like sure. she's it's like she's on she's Instagram. She's fully like reporting from from the scene. Yes. Yeah, so I, I don't wonder. know. That's a great question. Okay. I think that if you're famous enough, it doesn't matter. I think it's one of those things. I feel like Anna Wintour is like scary and would like not care, just like cancel you no matter who you are. True. That's like, but I mean, then she'll uncancel you. Right. I mean, I've seen Devil Wears Prada, so I feel like I pretty much know what's up. <laughs> you, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I work with you, so, <laughs> so you get it. <laughs> I've met a savage. My sunglasses woman. are on right now, and they're never coming off. <laughs> Same. Are my? Oh no, I'm wearing yellow. Okay. Um, I my cute eye eczema update. My eyes are peak bad mm. right now. I feel so bad. It's okay. I'm getting to the bottom of it. But for those of you messaging me asking what I do, the reason why I haven't responded is because I have no answers at the moment. Uh, but thanks for the question. Look, you're I appreciate on this journey it. for the rest of us. I will report back as soon as I have more intel. Yeah. But right now, uh, like it's like everything I was using that was working just like stopped working. Do you think that it's like an internal issue? I know it is. What's making you kind of come to that? Just intuitively, I just know I can like feel something is off and I feel like it's coming from my gut and mm -hmm. I think that it has something to do with the mold. Really, my I've just been trying to vet and figure out what the next move is medically, trying to find doctors because this type of thing, it's like it's an out-of-pocket expense. I'm just trying to be really smart with the next move. It's kind of like playing chess totally. a little bit. Like, totally. okay, like here's how I'm feeling. Who should I talk to? Talking to the right people to then get recommendations. It's a whole journey. It's also like what you went through with your skin. You know that when you inundate yourself with information, it can be overwhelming and not a helpful direction. Right. In a very like overwhelming, like crushing direction. So I feel like yeah. you're being very measured with what you take in. Yeah. 
just eye problems, aka that's so retrograde. <laughs> what the fuck? It's I was, wild. I almost Googled this morning. <laughs> this is, what does it mean? No, I literally it's almost Googled. Friends. Do seers have eye problems? <laughs> like, yeah. If you're if you're like a visionary creator, is does the universe is just like fuck you it? up? Because also, I see a lot of people since I had my thing I notice when someone has like uneven eyes when yeah. one looks like more intense than the other and they, you know they say like one of your eyes is like your outer eye and one of your eyes is your inner eye so I wonder like if some people are more like inward lookers and stuff like I, I'm like yeah. it has to be connected to it's that in interesting some way. but what was interesting so I talked about using eucrisa <clears throat> which was the non-steroid topical that I was prescribed from a allergist yeah so I was using that for a minute, and then when I started using it, it's when it started moving down my face. So it was like something's trying to pop out is what it feels like. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. But, like, it's underneath my ear and, like, on the sides of my face. Mm-hmm. So that is so it's like an interesting if thing. if you put the cream on, your body's like, you're not going to, like, yeah. suppress this. Exactly. Like, moved – it, like, actually moved to, like, another parts of my eye that I, that I didn't have it in before – so I, okay, one thing that. to have gratitude for, yeah, is that, and this is what I came to with my thing too, is like if it wasn't on your face, you wouldn't be taking it so seriously. So it's, it's like really forcing true. you to deal with it because you're you have vanity, which is it's fine. I sure do. I mean, you're a Taurus. What can we expect <laughs> can from we you? Expect? <laughs> it's part of my soul. But it's true. It's like that's kind of a gift because if it was just like on your back or you're like your leg, you just kind of probably keep not looking at yeah. it, and now you're like I have to heal my gut. Right. Um, I will say, so I've been playing around with CBD and that does like soothe it in the moment, which is good. The um, Dr. Kirtland. So I keep like I keep various tubes of things in like different parts of the house and in my car, in my bag. And that and the Lord Jones um, unscented that they're like high CBD is really cooling for it, which is nice. But like it's very temporary. But that's the eye update. We are tuning in. Your eyes should get its own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all the news that's fit to print in the world of the eyes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, I have an update. Completely hard right, if you will. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm over this topic. I'm okay, done. Cool, 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 cool. So I got that reading from Nikki Novo, who's – Who's no- going to be on the Novo, show. Novio? Novo, Novo. Nikki Novo. She's coming on soon. Yeah, and she's based in Miami. If anybody out there is looking for an amazing reader, yeah. Stephanie and I were both blown away. And some of the things that we talked about have like already come to fruition. Yeah. But I'm waiting for some papers to be signed before I talk about that. Um, same. <laughs> <laughs> Massively same. Um, but – she had suggested, because, you know, I was, like, sort of in, like, a whole, like, an emotional weird place with, when it comes to dating. And now I feel so differently, which is really great. Like, I feel like the month of May offers this, like, more, like, fortified, like, self-place for all of us where where it's, like, okay, you could still, like, want to be in partnership or want to have these relationships. But, like, you're I'm not coming from a place of, like, lack, whereas I felt kind of before, like, an imbalance. Yeah. And now I feel like... It's funny, last night I had a dream that I was pregnant, and I never thought about who the father- Creative ideas. Yeah, but, okay, but this was really specific. I never thought of who the father was, and then, like, it didn't even come up to me in my subconscious, and then I was in my dream, saw someone that I had slept with, and I was like, I'm pregnant, it's yours! And then he was like, really? And I go, no, just kidding! And then in that moment, in the dream, I realized I had no idea who the father was. I hadn't even thought about that, Mm -hmm. and it was, like, this weird moment where I woke up where I was like- Wow, I'm like so okay by myself. Beautiful. Like even though yes. I was like pregnant in my dream, you, and you are okay by yourself. 100%. That being said, I still want to like sport date. Mm-hmm. So well, something that Nikki Novo said to me was, "You should sign up for like a dating service just to like 
Play around. Play around and batter up. Exactly. Do what the book says. It is duty. The date. good nineties book. By the way, I'm like, let me um, let me say that I think that book might have ruined my life. But <laughs> <laughs> to those of you following along, what was the name of it? Getting to idea. Yeah. No, I mean, love the book, but also like a bitch had no idea about a text message. So <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Does not apply. Yeah. Um, okay. How do you deal with Instagram DM in 1994? Um, <laughs> so, anyways, what was what is fascinating about this whole matchmaking? thing and what I have encountered. So I'm doing the highly devoted thing and she has this whole system that she goes through. So basically you meet up with her or you Skype or whatever. And highly devoted is the dating service. Is the dating service. And where are they based? In LA. Okay. And, but I'm sure that because she does a lot of her work through the internet, if Mm -hmm. you're not LA based, you can still get a pair. Yeah. Um, but she has this whole system that she does where she like interviews you and then really kind of tells you, you tell her what you're looking for and then she goes back and like makes like a thing for you to look at and, and then I got this piece of paper and I was like, oh my God, the guy that I'm looking for is like amazing. Like I had never seen my own wants and wishes like reflected back to me in that way and that was really strengthening. And then yesterday she sent me, um, another piece of paper like the thing that she sends out like my bio to them and then I was like I'm the best like I like read like I read it as an objective listener as though like it wasn't Mm -hmm. me and I was like well this bitch is great whoever she is (laughs) definitely deserves to find love and so it's just like regardless of what happens if she's able to find me somewhere or not I'm not attached to that outcome but what I do really like about that process versus like a Tinder or something is that you really get to see yourself reflected in a way that's like grounded and truthful and like total. And I think when you're entering partnership, it's really important to like know both of those things. And I've never had that experience before because it's been so like blind and like drunk drunk (laughs) or whatever, like imbalanced in a way. And now I'm like, oh, I see who I want him to be and I see who I am. And it's like just this really like fortifying experience. So That's beautiful. It's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm terrified to go out with anyone. Like I definitely don't want to. <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> do they like pick the place or do you pick the place? How does that work? I don't know. I'm not at that part of the All process right. Well, yet. when you Stay get up tuned. to bat, you let a girl know. Yeah, it's really cool. Which I feel like what a appropriate topic for today's – Actually, it's so discussion. is. It's so um, is. But first, yeah, we got to get to roses and thorns. Oh, hello! And today's roses and thorns is brought to you by Lola. We love Lola. They are a home delivery organic tampon and sex product delivery service that has been serving us for quite some time. Not just tampons, but pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. And variety of tampons, applicator and applicator list, whatever tickles your fancy. Exactly. I actually felt quite adult pretty height lady baby if you ask me mm. when i finished my last box after my last time of month mm-hmm. and i hopped on the computer and got to a customization hell yeah and i personally love their applicator list tampons they come in a few different sizes you can customize your own box which is great no pun intended and pun then intended. you can what are you have talking it, about? of course sorry <laughs> and then uh, you can have it deliver once you can have it deliver monthly like whatever you need and something i noticed on the site that was pretty cool is they have like a starter kit for girls who have their period for the first time. And I was like, oh, I wish I would have had that. Oh, my God. That would have been everything for me. I also love with the customizable box that, like, 
for me, I don't ever need a super tampon because I don't have a heavy period. And whenever I buy a box of assortment, I end up wasting. And so it's yeah. like so great that I can just like skip right over that. Yeah. And you can have exactly what you need. A hundred A mixed bag, a whole bag of the same thing. It's actually a box. But you Every know box is different. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> We're all snowflakes, guys. So I actually used our code, which gave me a hefty discount. Yes. If you head over to mylola.com, that's M-Y-L-O-L-A.com, and use Retrograde 40, you'll get 40% off when you subscribe. OMG, guys. Go do it. Go do it. Totally worth it. A great discount. And totally affordable without the discount, too. She loves them. As you can tell, she won't stop talking about I'm it. I'm a fan. <laughs> okay, so... Roses. Yes. Lymphatic massage is my number one yes. rose till the end of time. We got to check out a new place that just opened in Sherman Oaks on Ventura yesterday. It's called The Tox LA. And it's similar and not similar to what Lisa Gainsley talked about. So as we talked about with Lisa, she's really – she deals with both like the kind of more – like wellnessy side of it and also like the medical side. Well, I went to Lisa and I've got to tell you that it was a life-changing experience. Right. But what I'm just trying to Yeah. She really she has like an intuitive everybody is different approach and I think with where we went the talks it's more of like they have their system and it's for more of like a losing aesthetic. bloat. Yeah. Um getting things moving type of experience. Yeah. And so I, we've gotten a lot of questions about it, so I'm just trying to clarify yeah. the difference. Yeah. And it's an amazing little fun find for anybody looking for – who's lymph curious. Yeah. I will say that they only do women because my friend Alex DM'd me and asked me about it. Hey, Alex, what's up? And they told him no men. So if you have a guy that you want to do lymphatic massage for, um, go somewhere else. <laughs> we're, we'll, we'll let we'll, you know we'll when we find, find somewhere. Something. Yeah, exactly. But I will say that I feel like lymphatic massage is this incredible discovery and it's like the future of health in such a real way. I can't believe that it doesn't get more spotlight considering how truly fucking important it is and how you feel afterwards yeah you, it's not very often that you do something where you really feel the difference immediately like you feel lighter and with the when I did the Lisa like I felt more clear and like I just feel like why are we not paying attention to such an important system so body? how it works is they kind of start with your legs and upward motion um they mainly hand a hand treatment and then they come in with this machine that does this like sucking yeah. motion and then they drain at different parts so behind the kneecap on um, the bikini line, underneath the armpit, and I believe – is there a place on the stomach too? Yeah. and You have a lot of lymph nodes in your Right. Gut. So then there's – so they kind of move throughout the body, do a hand treatment, and then – a hand job, just kidding. <laughs> um, and then use the machine and then drain at the different various – touch points let's yeah. say I think it's like the it's like aqueducts basically exactly um and you do notice a difference in the kind of like a deflation of any excess bloat that you've been carrying on which is pretty interesting as well yeah um really and cool and important to note that definitely hydrate 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 beforehand it's they recommended having some type of green juice beforehand if you can afterwards no caffeine no alcohol and drink 10 times more water than you think you should. I will say that after I did Lisa's, it was your birthday night and I drank more tequila than I've ever drank in my life and then I felt so fucking weird the next day. Yeah. It's not advised. My rose, you should ask? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to do 
sorry for the flex, but I went to Countess and Friends. By the way, <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> it looked fun. I don't understand. Is it like a, it's like a it's a cabaret, cabaret show. show. And it was in a very big venue. It was insanely impressive. Wow. I'm not going to lie. Who's doing cabaret? Luann. Is she an actress? The Countess? Yeah. I don't really get what she is. She's on, on a show called The Real Housewives of New York. I know, I know that. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the calling card. Because she's an actress? No. Okay. She actually used to be a nurse back in the day. Okay. So she and started then, as a housewife and then was like discovered her love for cabaret. Okay. Interesting, yeah. interesting. I'm with it. Yeah. Okay. And like makes a lot of like campy jokes about how she was in the clink for a little bit. She was? Yeah. She went to jail Fuck, in I don't Palm know Springs. About this. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry that I know about it sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's fine. But it was a fun, a fun experience. Got to hang out with her after. That's so great. I heard she might even great. Be she wants to friends. come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so um, drop us a line if you would like to have Countess on the show. Hey, listen, I promise I'll watch an episode if she comes on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a party on Saturday night and I was dancing so hard I slammed my head into a guy and then I look at who it was and it was Bobby from Queer Eye. Oops. And I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. It was. I hope he so remembers So basically, me. you and I both flew way too close to the sun this weekend. Literally slammed my head into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> it was not okay. But it was a fun time. So if anybody is uh, hardcore enough, I recommend Countess and Friends. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, that's like a fun thing to do with, with, uh, with a group she of She legit was going to play the Mirage in Vegas the next day, I'm, I need which to is go wild. deeper on like what this all means. It's a whole, a whole thing. So confusing. Um, Perfect segue into today's guest. <laughs> Let's go to the interview. Yay! So today on the show, we have a guest that I had the pleasure of sitting in on a session of when I was in New York. It is Jared Matthew Weiss, who runs or the organization, would you say? Or it's an organization? A town Hall? Yeah, it's a town hall. Town Hall Touchpoint, which focuses on human sexuality and opens conversation around it. Is that how you would describe that it? That sounds good. I mean, I think that so Touchpoint is a town hall about love, sex, and relationships. Yes. So I think that you know we do talk about sex, but I think sex is really subsumed under love. Okay. So I think there, you know, I mean, there's a broad spectrum of sexual expression, and you know, but I think that you know, of the five thousand people that have attended our town hall in the last few years, I yeah. think that like experiencing sexuality within the context of a loving relationship seems to be the inspiration or aspiration for most people. So how did you come across this idea and get it organized? And Because I, when I sat in on it, I was just so fascinated. I've never seen strangers connecting about this topic yeah. on such an open and not comedic level. Totally, <laughs> yeah. As a comic, I am like just want to throw in so many jokes. And people are so... Like yeah. genuine. Yeah. So it's and I was interesting. like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah, I think you I don't think you actually attended our town hall though. You just came to like a, a, talk. a, a talk that I was giving. No. Yeah. Well, you yeah. gave a talk, but then people Yeah. Well people people share everywhere. I mean, this you, you're interviewing me and I'll probably hey, you both will probably be sharing. You the brought them on stage and they pulled cards. Yeah, yeah that's not our town that's hall. That's not the town hall? No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, the town hall is, is different. There's uh it's uh there's hundred and thirty people. Our town hall is a podcast, so there's about thirty thousand people that listen to our podcast. So okay. we bring in we have a whole person production crew where there's 130 people sitting in this massive circle. It's all by candlelight. Uh, and we 
you bring in like we have these huge 12 foot boom poles that you know everybody's sitting on the floor somebody raises their hand they drop a boom pole over them and they tell a story and, oh wow yeah and we also curate four storytellers for that experience okay that started um three years ago in april okay. of 2016 um i was going through a breakup mm-hmm. it was my sixth major breakup <laughs> in my life um wow yeah. player play on yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. You know, they say that, you know, I've read recently that, that serial monogamy is a form of non-monogamy. Um, Being a fuckboy? I don't know if I would identify that <laughs> no, way. But, uh, you know, I think that, like, I fell in love very early in life. So, like, my first real relationship was, like, you know, between the ages of 14 and 17. For right. most of high school, I had a, you know, a partner, and, and then I had another one in college. And, and so um, three years ago, I was coming out of a, a long relationship, and I felt like... I felt like I really, like the same core issues were coming up in that relationship that had come up in many other relationships. And I felt like I just had a lot to learn. And so I sent an email to about a dozen friends and said, you know, uh, would you like to come to a town hall about love and sex? And they were like, what's that? And I was like, we're going to find out. <laughs> so Don so, Lemon yeah. will be there. And <laughs> right, right. So, so I asked them all to submit questions anonymously in advance. Um, and they all submitted questions and the goal was that, you know, we would vote on the questions anonymously and then, and then we would just talk about whatever everybody decided they wanted to talk about. Cool. And, uh, and so it's funny because the question that I came to talk about that I was interested in talking about is somebody who had just gotten out of a relationship and, you know, people were dating using apps and I had friends that were going to sex parties or experimenting or exploring like open or non-monogamous relationships and I I felt like a a muggle in that sense um and for anybody listening who doesn't know what that means yeah that's a non-wizard in the Harry Potter world anyway um (laughs) thank you Sure. So um, I once had a guy I was dating want to co-read Harry Potter with me. Yeah. That didn't happen, and we didn't last. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So everybody. <laughs> so that uh, was my one chance. Yeah. Everybody has to. Everybody has to pick their own path in life. <laughs> so, so, um, so I came, and my question was like, you know, should you sleep with somebody on the first date? And what are, what are people's thoughts on that? But the question that the crew decided they wanted to talk about was, how do I introduce BDSM? into my sex life. Strong first question. So I was like, is BDSM like shorthand for Buddhism? No. So, so, (laughs) so like it turns out that it's not, but you know, eventually learning more about it, turns out it is. We've all read 50 shades at this point or seen the movie book club. So we're good. Loves it. (laughs) So, right. So, so, you know, so people shared these like really wild stories of their relationships and their sexual explorations and, and uh, it really just really blew my mind. And so I decided I was going to do it again the next month. And, and then that month, 55 people showed up. And then the next month, 75 people. And I just committed to doing it once a month. And, you know, now we have 130 people a month. We, we put tickets on sale four days before the event is over or happening. And we do, a, like, a free ticket lottery. And within 60 minutes of opening up the lottery, we have 250 people sign up. And uh, we started recording it a year ago, and there's just tens of thousands of people who listen in. And now um, I just sold a book to Audible, and that'll come out as an Audible original based on all the things that I learned from listening to so many really inspiring and, and unique human beings share about like what they've learned through love and sex and relationships. What do you feel like is what I witnessed? I'll just speak from my own experience is that you're really giving people a safe space to talk about things that they feel 
either embarrassed about or what I saw from some of the women too was like they they responded from how that they felt they should respond as opposed to how that they really feel and um I guess I'm wondering like for you what's like the strongest thematic takeaway from being the moderator of these events sure mm-hmm. sure so so it's a it's a good question and it's really you know what's interesting about what your big takeaway was is that basically the book that I'm writing is called How to Be Yourself in Bed and Other Places. Mm. Um, and what Great I've, title. Yeah, thanks. And what <laughs> I've what I've learned is that like we generally show up for love in some sense inauthentically, mm. um, you know, or out of integrity. You know, the 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 root word of integrity is integer, and that just means whole or wholeness. And when we step into something fully integrated and with integrity, we're just bring our whole selves we don't curate like this one desire that we're going to keep that out or that like one experience I had in college like my partner doesn't need to know about that or right you know what I mean like we can really step in and it's not until we step in you know Brene Brown will call it wholeheartedly you know as our full selves that we can really be loved you know yeah. because there's always just like it's like you love a version of me you're having sex with a version of me but like if you were to really know dot 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 like I don't know this whole thing could just go to shit mm-hmm. right and so we build short-term and long-term relationships on on these lies. Is it coming from self-judgment? I think that it's coming from a lot of places. So there's a lot of places it comes from. I mean, the first place it comes from is that, like, you know, uh, something I like to call the romantic recipe from hell. We basically – we. We live in a culture that believes that romantic love is the most significant type of love, specifically mm-hmm. long-term committed romantic love, right? Sure. Like, like that's it. It's in every movie. It's in every book. It's like, it's like, when am I going to have my Nicholas Sparks moment, you know? And so, I roll. And we sort of I'm just looking to get um, dementia with someone. That's really my dream. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like I want us to have the best life, and then and then we'll forget, forget it. about it. Um, um, but I think that you know that's that's just something that many of us feel a sense of pressure to have, right? And and it's uh, you know and it's a beautiful thing. You know, romantic love can be a, a pathway to transcendence, and and it can be really remarkable. However, the other message that we get growing up throughout our lives is that not only do you have to have romantic love, but actually you're totally unworthy of it as you are. So you have to be a little different. Like you're going to get it, but you have to be a little thinner. You have to be a little stronger. You should make more money. You should have more power. You should have this desire. You should never have slept with that person. You should have done, right? So there's this conflict you know, that's constantly brewing from the time that we're, you know, young, you know, adolescents. Like, I need to have this thing, but I'm not good enough to have it as I am. I need to show up a little differently. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, our love lives, our sex lives tend to be really predicated on fear. You know, oftentimes many people will share a touch point that like they've never had a sexual experience without alcohol. Yeah. That, that, that the relationship between booze and sex or intimacy is profound. You know, that these people can't, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine one without the other. Is that a, do you think that just like as a general blanket statement has to do with like the ability to get rid of your inhibitions? Sure. And also it's it's something that like, you know, there's fear, right? And there's anxiety. Around intimacy. Of course. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, intimacy, you know, intimacy, the root word of intimacy is intimacy. It, it actually is totally non-sexual. Right, we we tend to think that intimacy is a euphemism for for sex, but it's not. For eye contact, sex. you can 
I mean, no, because you can have, you've had sex without intimacy. Yeah. You, I mean, people have marriages without intimacy. And then there's also a lot of intimacy without the act of sex. Totally, right? So intimus, actually the Latin word intimus means in most or innermost. If I am intimate with a human, it means that I'm allowing them to see inside of me, mm. right? But if you saw inside of me, you'd see something that was totally imperfect. And our relationship is predicated on you thinking that I am perfect. And so if I let you know that, then you're probably not going to want to have sex with me. You're probably not going to want to have children with me. You're probably not going to want to write dot, dot, dot. And that's our inner monologue. And so our relationships are really predicated on that. So well, I think- we also put each other on the pedestal to where I don't maybe think that you're imperfect. I think that you're perfect. Therefore, I'm less than perfect. Totally. Totally. We have that, you know, and, and that constant narrative of unworthiness makes connecting with another person virtually impossible. Yeah. And so I've been able to meet, you know, over the course of these three years, 50 plus town halls across, you know, you know, many, most of them in New York, we do it monthly in New York, but I've been able to travel the world. And I think that I've been able to meet people that are brave enough to be themselves, that are wholeheartedly able to be like, these are my desires, these are my fears, these are my boundaries, these are my insecurities in this moment, this is how I feel. And they can, they can brave that and they can do it. Um, but they've also cultivated the, uh, the skills and the practices to navigate the rejection and the heartbreak that comes with being yourself. And putting yourself out there. Totally. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's like, you know, we're constantly told, like, just be yourself. It's like something that, like, we tell, like, a sixth grader on their first awkward day of, like, school. Like, just go out there and be yourself or, like, your friend. That's and they're like, like, who? Yeah, and you're like, be myself. Like, what does that even mean? It's like such a cliche. Yeah. Right? But, like, truly expressing your feelings in a way in which... You know, I like to say that vulnerability is honesty in the face of fear. It's not that I've like, I've conquered fear and now I can be me. It's that, no, I'm afraid, but in this moment, I need to speak my truth because one, I want to be an integrated person. I want to have integrity, but two, I actually want us to get closer. I want to confess that this is something I want in bed, or this is something I want in life, or this is something that I need in our relationship. And like, my happiness isn't predicated on how you respond to it, but my strength comes from knowing that I can say these words out yeah. loud. And to create a space where people can share in that way, you're offering an opportunity for people to verbalize something that probably swims around in our brains constantly. But we, as we know from, from data, if we're writing something or if we're verbalizing something, it processes so much differently than if it's just in our brain. Well, it becomes like giant in your head. Like the fear that your mind can create. And then once you say something out loud or write something down, you're like, oh, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. I was being so intense about that. Now I said it and everyone's just like, yeah. Like nobody (laughs) gives a shit. Nobody, right, exactly. (laughs) No, exactly, you know? And I think that one of the things, you know, you bring up very, you know, salient points around around the, the ability to like become mindful of our thoughts and feelings is that, you know, one of the things I've noticed, I call them the wizards. These are the people that I feel like have really, they've cultivated like real fulfilling relationships in bed and in love. And like one of their practices is definitely like a mindfulness practice, like breath work or meditation uh, or journaling or something that allows them to like constantly check in and look and, and reflect and become introspective on, you know, what they're feeling and thinking. So when you lead the the Touchpoint Town yeah. hall, hall or whatever I yeah. saw, I, I guess it was like a modified Sure, version. that was like, so that was, it's, it's a special that you were there because that was... 
me really testing some of the things that I learned that are now ultimately becoming my book. So I've only given like two or three talks around the my takeaways from this this project. It was very interesting. Yeah. And but then you had this technique of how you get people engaged. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because you're not you're asking questions, but then you also have like an a little bit of an involvement thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's people are it kind of turns it into a bit of a game mm-hmm. which makes it fun and not scary. Totally. Yeah. So so that so that's, you know, intimacy, this idea that you can see the inner me, I can see the inner you, we can connect. There's there are practices on cultivating intimacy, right? And what you were present for was a workshop and like how do we create that on purpose? How do we create a space that has like intention and boundaries where I can share with you a piece of me and you feel like you have you have opted into that experience in a meaningful way. You know, like, you know, you, I, I can say to you, you know, so my intention right now is to connect with you. Like, I just want you to get to know me and I want to get to know you in a more meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to share something with you. And I want you to know that, like, if it triggers you or, or upsets you or makes you feel anything at all, like, I want you to feel like you can respond to that and speak honestly to that. Because, again, like, I just want us to connect. That is my goal. Right. And so that workshop was... Really, I mean, I mean, that was the workshop, so there you go. You just got it in like, you know, 30 seconds. But it's but very powerful and very interesting point that you're making because that's so much of the reason why we don't say those things is because we're not giving the other person permission to feel safe in their response. Mm-hmm. That's such a big part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so when we used to, the town hall has evolved. Now we curate storytellers. The storytellers really come from the margins. I mean, we find people at the intersections of race, of orientation, gender expression, uh, ability. I mean, we've a relational orientation. We have people who identify in all the ways who tell stories. And But before we did that, for the first two years, like I said in the beginning, I just asked people to submit questions. So over the first two years, people submitted questions. And over those two years, we got about 1,500 questions. 25% of those questions begin with the phrase, is it okay? So examples of that are like, is it okay if I don't enjoy receiving oral sex? Is it okay if I'm attracted to somebody who works in my office? Is it okay if I'm attracted to somebody who's not my spouse? Is it okay if I like to wear women's clothing under my clothing, I'm not gay? Is it okay if I want to get married? Does that make me unfeminist or uncool? Is it okay if I never want to get married? Is it okay if I never want to have sex doggy style? Is it okay if I only like having sex while I watch porn? Is it okay if I've never (laughs) watched porn? just keeps going. I mean, yeah. I mean, I have hundreds of them. And it's people who are generally seeking this permission yeah. to just be where they are. Right. You know, and nobody ever asked anything like, is it okay for me to have non-consensual sex with a minor? You know, nobody ever asked <laughs> right. anything where I think collectively as a culture, we'd all just say, Hard no, no <laughs> that's not okay. Yeah. You know, but like, they're just asking for these things. It's like, yeah, if that's consensual and your partner's into that, then great, do right. that. That's amazing, you know? But yes, create the space. Offer them the opportunity to opt in to, you know, that moment that whether it's a physical expression or even it's like, listen, even if it's just a vulnerable share about their own lives, like you both have probably had moments where people don't create a space to share with you. They're just like, they call you on your phone. You're in the middle of doing something and they just call you and they're like, I gotta tell you this crazy thing that just happened to me and they wanna dump this thing on you and you're like, I'm not ready to receive this right now, you know? And so like learning, that's an intimate moment, learning Mm -hmm. how to create that space, whether you're having a conversation or you're, you know, having sex, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Those skills are the same.
T.O. I was going to say that. Oh, my God. We're so synced up. Sync City. Okay. It's time to give love to (laughs) Rothy's, the shoes that are stylish, sustainable, and comfortable enough for everyday wear anywhere. And um, not only are they all of that, they're also the preferred shoe of my mother, Jill Sambari. You guys, she (laughs) was here in L.A. and went on a full soliloquy on her love of Rothy's. And we were like, we know Jill. She wants to be a brand representative so bad. She talks to me about it as though I've never heard of them. But really though, it does say a lot coming from her because she's had multiple foot surgeries. It's very hard for her to find a comfortable shoe. It's really true. And it's very apropos to share this story because we have Mother's Day coming up and I think it's the perfect Mother's Day gift if you you know, missed the boat a little and you need a little last minute something. Totally. They are the everyday flat for life on the go. Don't forget they're stylish, classic, comfortable, and they come in four fashionable styles. The flat, the point, the loafer, and they have younger girls styles that just launched. And guess what? They have a sandal coming soon. And the sneaker, don't forget. Oh yeah, that we got to preview the sandal and it's so cute and perfect. It's like a cute little femme slide. And not to mention all of it is made from recycled water bottles. And if you see the process, they basically have turned the water bottles into these like little plastic pellets that then are turned into these little balls. And then the balls are then turned into like a string and then they're made through some type of wild 3D printing, you know, magic. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. (laughs) I have no idea how, but it turns into this phenomenal shoe that you can then put in the washer so that they stay fab Mm -hmm. no matter what. And we're... Huge fans of them. They really figured it out. I'm a big fan of the point, personally. I think it elongates the leg in a really nice way. And they have really cute styles and prints and colors that are, they're constantly rotating and bringing new stuff in. So go check them out, you guys. It's Rothy's, R-O-T-H-Y dot com, and you will enter code retrograde. You will get your cute shoes and free shipping. And I mean, what a great Mother's Day present. Yeah, again, that's Rothy's, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com. Enter code retrograde. Tell them we sent you. Tell them we sent you. Something just occurred to me about like the idea of saying, okay, is it okay if I want this one thing? And then are, is there a fear that whoever they're with, they obviously they'll, they, won't, they won't want that. So mm-hmm. then you're risking losing that. Like are people more willing to like risk the loss or they don't want to risk the loss, so they're they're more inclined to just like not get what they want. Sure. So so that's a great question. A story that comes up for me when you say that is you know somebody shared a story about being in bed with a partner and a new partner, somebody they were just getting to know, and all of a sudden they're like you know they're in the midst of having sex, and this woman like reaches into her nightstand and pulls out a box cutter, and she tells this partner like oh, I want you my- to cut me. No. No, no, this is real. Like, this is like, you know what I mean? You're both like having this like real empathic, like blood curdling response right now. We're <laughs> there. I am you know, shook right. as fuck. Well, but this is the thing. But this is like, you know, it's like one thing I can say is that I've been present for every romantic and sexual experience I've ever had, but nobody else's. And so, right. you know, it's like these are the experiences that other people are having. And so right. in that moment, you know, this, this man told this story and he sat there and was like, what do I do? And he felt this pressure to fulfill his partner's desire right right and so he had this moment he said it felt weird and one of the things that honestly you know we talked about at that uh workshop that i gave is that i've noticed this you know we tend to talk about consent as a 
as a willingness, that that's the thing. Like, was somebody willing to do a thing? And if they were, it was consensual. Right. But what we fail to focus on is actually the sometimes the, like, the more sort of normalized issue is the wantingness and the lack of wantingness. Mm. And the fact that like, you know, it's like I ask every group, I say, how many of you have had sex that you didn't want to have? Right. And we've all right. We've all been there. But that's not like a rape. Right. No, exactly. It's not rape. It's not something you could say. I feel like I was sexually assaulted, but I didn't want to do it. But I did it because dot, dot, dot. Because I didn't want to say no. Right. And oftentimes that thing is that like if I say no, then what happens? I think that's like the that's like the story of like women in their 20s. Totally. And the thing is that it's not just isolated to women or heterosexual women, but also men. Like men, heterosexual men are raised with the belief that like if you don't want to have sex all the time, you're not a real man. If you don't initiate. Right. No, totally. (laughs) Totally. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I wish men, yeah, more men would be pussies. And in that respect, they could like bring life into the world. They could clean themselves, you know, they could purify themselves from within. They could expand and contract in amazing ways. But, you know, that's not what that word means, unfortunately. Uh, but but there is this there's this issue to go back to the question around like, yeah, if I don't fulfill my partner's desire, do I blow this whole thing up? Yeah. Well, it depends on how you've created that container. You know, like if they know, like I can ask for a thing and I can honor your response and you've created that dynamic, then yeah. You know, but oftentimes we think that being good in bed means fulfilling my partner's desire. That if I fulfill their desire, I'm good in bed. If I don't, I'm not. But that's, first of all, it's not true, but it's also very unsafe. We could end up in spaces where it's like, oh, wow, I have to do this thing because, like, that's what you do when you're in this moment. But sometimes speaking up for yourself and not avoiding conflict but stepping into it becomes actually a way for you to not detach or disconnect but to go deeper. For you to say like, wow, that like really triggers me. I don't know if I want to do that. Why do you want to do that? Mm. And they're like, I don't know. I have this moment. And then you talk through it. And then all of a sudden like – you know, our avoidance of conflict is sometimes, you know, the reason why we don't have intimacy with other people. That conflict is not the opposite of intimacy. Conflict is a conduit for intimacy. That moment where it's like, wow, I feel one way and you feel another way. Let's connect and talk about it is profound. Yeah. Do you have any um, tools that those of us who are creating intimacy within relationship, like great ways of starting conversation, like segue phrases or anything like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the most popular phrase that I've heard that I've just witnessed, like I said, these are the words of the wizards. These are the things that the the, the people who are really crushing it, this is what they say. <laughs> you know, so Those I could unicorns. say that, I really, I get to serve as a witness and mm-hmm. they've been like profound teachers for me. So I always say that I'm like a student of love. I'm not a professor at all. But I think that one thing that I've heard, one phrase is this concept of, they, they always say, are you open to, dot, dot, dot. Mm. Those, those words are so liberating for another person, right? It's not like, you know, you don't look at somebody and, and say, you know, uh, so, you know, what was the best sexual experience of your life? And they're like, where the fuck is that coming from? Right. Right? You say, are you open to talking about like your sex life? And then they get this sense of agency, right? right? A sense of autonomy. Like I could say yes or I could say no, but more specifically, you say, are you open to it? And like I honor whatever your response is, right? Yeah. Wow. Are you open to X and I honor whatever your response is? I mean, then all of a sudden people feel that permission to step in. And that's the thing is that it's not about sex, it's not about like, are you open to taking off all my clothes? It's like, are you open to talking about, I don't know, that that thing that happened with you and your sister? 
You know, I know that like it feels like that's coming up for you, open to talking about that, and I honor your response. And they're like, oh wow, I feel like really close to you because you at least gave me that agency to step into it. So I would say like if there's any tool I can give to anybody, sexual or otherwise, the phrase "Are you open to dot dot dot?" and I will honor your response will shift the dynamic you have with people at work, with people in bed, you know, at, around the table at Thanksgiving. Uh, that's it. That's Even you just saying that, like, with no actual context right now, like, there's nothing attached to it. We're not presenting a subject. I feel Energy. a sense of, like, yeah, I am open. Thank <laughs> you so much for holding space for that. Like, yeah. I really feel that way. And it's so light and wonderful. Yeah, it's really, it's changed. It, that that phrase has totally changed my life. And it's interesting, too, because we live in an interesting time in this Me Too era where, you know, people are talking more openly about touch in the workplace and friendliness. And I think that, like, you know, millennial culture is very huggy and Coachella and and touchy. And I think that one of the things that I've learned is like I ask people all the time if people come up to me after a touch point or, you know, they meet me in X, Y, and Z, if, if I say to somebody like, uh, you know, are you open to me giving you a hug? Like not going in for it, but yeah. just asking. I mean, 99% of the time people are like, yeah, fuck yeah, give me a hug, right? But it's so much more meaningful to them because I didn't just go in for it. It was yeah. just like, I want you to have, you know, I always, uh, my mom raised me on Dirty Dancing. You know, I, like, had to, <laughs> I watched that movie like a million times. There's this scene in the movie where Patrick Swayze is standing there with Jennifer Grey and he's teaching her how to dance and he says, this is my dance space and this is your dance space, right? We, we dance together, but there's this like, this this honoring of our separateness <laughs> yes. that is so profound yeah. that like I get it like you're a whole person right mm -hmm. you are integrated you are you and like do I have permission to just step in there for a second and have a moment you know and then people are like yeah and the thing is the 1% of people whatever that say actually no I'd rather a fist bump those people are like Thank That's, God for you. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, I like, you know, they're like, oh my God, they're being touched all the time by people. They just, they don't want that. Don't put baby in a corner. It's, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Man, exactly. I have like a, like a million questions about different things that you experience with people. It's yeah. so fascinating. Like what? Well, I feel like I'm, I'm shutting them down because I know that we're running out of time, unfortunately. But I think like... The something that you just said about like the dance space thing is was really really opened my brain to this idea of like people. I feel like, I feel like the biggest problem that I see is like codependency, of like not feeling not having the ability to separate like like to individuate, mm -hmm. and that's what creates the problem in the communication. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. So so codependency is interesting. You know, like I think that you know there's a there's a difference between codependency and dependency. Right. And codependency is just where I, I basically source my self-esteem from this relationship. Mm -hmm. That like, I'm good when we have this, I'm not, right? It's like just a form of, you know, anxious attachment that yeah. you know, I need to know that this is a good thing, you know? And, and how often do we have sex because we need confirmation that we are good, right? I mean, it's just, a, you know, a, a thing. Um, but the having my own dance space and recognizing that I'm an individual, that's it. Like, that's what these people have just mastered. They've really figured out, like, I know that in order for us to have a real connection, I have to be a whole human. Totally. Like, I just, I can't be half a human and in this. Because at some point, you're going to find out there's more to me. And like, holy shit, it's like a full-time job also, not letting somebody see you. Right. Yeah, and that's like really scary, too. Like, on the other side, as like a partner who then suddenly 
all this shit is getting revealed. Totally. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, Absolutely. I've been spending so much time with you, and you're just showing up in, like, this weird way you think that's, like, acceptable. Mm -hmm. That's, like, that's a breach of trust. trust. All the things, yeah. I think I always, you know, the thing I like to say is that if you want somebody to risk it all and love you, then you need to risk it all and show them who you are. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I I recently moved in with my boyfriend mm. and our relationship is very precious and I to me and I I value it and I love how we both show up in the relationship and I've never I don't it's it's like the thing in my life that I think about least. Like it's it's and I love it that way. Mm -hmm. But I will say when we moved in together like I was having like one of my lazy days where I like didn't get out of bed and it's just, you know, like perfect single behavior where like you don't have a mirror up to yourself where you are realizing you're like acting like a lazy piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And I fully had this ping of where I, moment where I bumped up against myself of like, ugh, like this is me. This is probably like my grossest <laughs> version of yeah. myself and here I am. Yeah. Whatever. Joey slept to like five o'clock yesterday. <laughs> no, so I know, you, but, so but it's more do? like the awareness. Like that's right. a behavior that I would never even think of clocking. But because you're now like with someone else who I, I I'm here is all of me, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And like that's how I've operated within the relationship. But I had such like I was almost like secretly embarrassed. Did if you I'm share being that truthful. With him? Yes. Totally. How did you share it with him? Exactly like that. Like here I am. Like, are you like are you open to me being a lazy yeah, piece of shit? Exactly. <laughs> and like we'll, we joked about it and he received it amazingly. And that's it was just my own insecurity yeah, of sure. like this is, you know, we're we are so close and we practically we're living together before we actually were yeah. so like but it was just this little piece of my personality puzzle that I was like here it is <laughs> yeah. and it fully got in my head about it but we laughed about it that's and it beautiful. was great yeah I mean that's it it's like there's a real being brave enough to just admit that we're a human being is hard um but sometimes when somebody else looks at us and is like and I love you as a human being because I'm a human being too and this is why like that's it like those are that's where we find joy that's where we find transcendence and meaning that's where like everything just you know that's where we we really discover like the magic of just being alive you know beautiful and that's said. and that's so you know that's just so beautiful and I think that like the quality of your relationship will constantly come down to your ability to communicate how human you are and his ability to receive that with love Aw, you know, love that's that. It. That's, that's great. all it is. Yeah. Hot hold for ad. Hot hold. <laughs> that is a new one. <laughs> Just trying stuff here. I love that. It makes me feel excited. Like there's a fiery read We've about to hit gotta us. give love to BetterHelp online counseling because you know what? It's there for you. Yes. Uh, BetterHelp asks if there is something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals, and they, as an online counseling resource, are there for you. The thing I love about them is that they have four communication modes. You've got texting, chatting, phone, or video, so whatever tickles your fancy. Mm. I love that because I need to be able to contact my <laughs> medical professionals at all times of the day or night through any any means really, necessary. Really, you, you treat them like your friends. I mean, yeah, and that's why I have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> Except for me, I'm here. So they are available on desktop, mobile, web, Android, and iOS apps, and you can schedule video or phone sessions generally weekly unless your therapist thinks you need more. 
They have over 3,000 licensed U.S. therapists across all 50 states who are specialists in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBTQIA matters, grief, self-esteem, and they can start communicating with you in under 24 hours. So if there is something that is heavy on your head, guys, go to BetterHelp. Dot com. Talk it out, text it out, video it out, whatever you need. And Slash it's retrograde. affordable. It is so affordable. It's so much more convenient, I think, than driving across town to a therapist. Mm-hmm. Who wants to leave their There's house? There's a lot of legwork involved in that, in that therapist seeking. And this way, really streamlines it, mm-hmm. makes it work for you. They're kind of coming to you instead of the other way around. And if you don't like the person that you're paired with, trade them up. Trade up, baby. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash retrograde. Use Discount code retrograde. code retrograde. And start getting the help you need today, you guys. We love ya. Also, something else you said that I want to go back to that I think is important to note, like the, the term like good in bed. Mm-hmm. Like, air quotes. Again. <laughs> air quotes. I love yeah. an air quote. <laughs> has always really fucking pissed so me off. So does the radio. And guys, you can hear this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, and it's, you know, I'm, I come from being a stand-up and so everyone's constantly talking about sex and being like very rogue and very like shitty about, there's just a lot of like judgment and blanket statements and like, they suck, don't fuck that person, they're lazy. Like just the way that we talk about it is so, mm-hmm. like almost violent. Dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the thing is, it's like being good in bed, air quotes, quote, unquote, doubling down, is that it depends on the two people that are doing the thing. Like one person that I sleep with, I might be like, that was amazing. And then someone else sleeps with that guy and they're like, that was the worst sex of my life. And then have... you guys get together, compare notes. And then we like <laughs> share all the dick pics. <laughs> Monsters. You know, yeah. yeah, we just really, really. You Why know. do people feel so uncomfortable talking about this? <laughs> We're yeah. all sociopaths. Right. No, but like yeah. that, I, I've always hated that. And I think that it's. Less about okay, yeah, it's dumb conversation, whatever, but more about the the impact that it has on us as people going as single people being like for me, like I'm single, I have sex with whoever I want, whatever, you know, like I don't want to have that feeling on my shoulder of like, am I good or am I equipped to be in this situation? It's like learning to be present without the judgment of like mm. good in bed is really important. Yeah, I think totally, absolutely. I think that the the definition of good in bed has generally been one that has not only been incredibly gendered, so meaning like a woman, you know, or a heterosexual woman that's good in bed is very different than like a heterosexual man that is good in bed. Like they have different roles, responsibilities, yeah. the way they're supposed to show up, the way they're Thank supposed to express. Thank you, porno industry. Yeah. Right, totally. You know I what will I mean? say if you are a man that doesn't go down on girls, you are not good in bed. <laughs> so so unless unless you have a partner unless who actually no does tongue. not want you to go down on <laughs> that's, her. That's so, a fair and point. There's, and there's fair plenty, point. you know, there's people, you know, I mean, the way we feel about our bodies, that's a very intimate space. I mean, there's been so many, you know, specifically, you know, straight cisgender women who have who have said very openly that like they actually don't enjoy oral sex because oral sex feels like way too vulnerable, and you know they're concerned about X, Y, and Z. But I think that the good and bad thing is interesting because not only is it very gendered, but it's also predicated on orgasm. And it, yes. it, yeah, it tends to be predicated on this idea that like you're good in bed if you can get to like what we think of as the finish line, right? Right. And I think that one of the the ways that I've thought about reimagining or re- rethinking good in bed is is really through the lens of emotional intelligence. So mm. the 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 you know a simplistic definition of emotional intelligence is to be able to manage your emotions and the emotions of another person. And if we think about sex not as just a physical expression but as an emotional expression. 
right? That it's not about just desire, pleasure, and orgasm, but it's actually about self-esteem and emotional safety and arousal and, and gratitude and these other things. And we can like start to hone those skills and feel somebody then like, yeah, you can be profound in bed. And sometimes, I mean, some people have mastered that to the point where they actually do it and they don't even touch each other. And there's people that have tantric sex. I mean, these are just like... I mean, I, you know, I, wizard I level salute five. them. Yeah, these are <laughs> exactly like level, level five wizards. Yeah. Exactly. You know, they like look at each other and they have orgasms and you're just like, I don't get that at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, but that's the thing is like really being able to like dial into your own emotions and feel somebody else. Amazing. You know, there's also this pressure around good in bed to like be explorative, right? And to like do kinky shit. And like this person's good in bed because they're willing to do X, Y, and Z. And this one's not because dot, dot, dot. And that's true for some people who are on different spectrums. But I think that like there's people that are profound in bed with their partners. I don't know what your sex life is like with your partner, but like you could just be like laying in bed in missionary position and it's like Sunday morning and it's like profound because you feel this sense of connectedness that is just overwhelming. Right. You know, and, and, and maybe you don't even have an orgasm, but it's like I'm connected to you and you're connected to me. And that was the point. Right. The point was for us to drop in for a moment before yeah. we go back out into that crazy zoo. Absolutely. We're going to be here. And like if we if we have an orgasm, like the, the orgasms are predicated on so many different things. I mean, what you ate in a day, you know what I mean? Whether or not you exercised, you know, what's on your mind. Also, I've, I mean, I've had some of the best sex in my life with people that I would never date. Right. That totally. I'm like never talk to me but thank you so much totally. like sure. that's a real totally. thing absolutely and there I there like I've definitely worked through like judgment around that but then it's like no just keep moving yeah well but then in those moments you know I don't know I would I would venture to say that like maybe those partners were prioritizing your pleasure I think we just had really good chemistry, but nothing in common. Yeah. So, but but I think there's this prioritization of pleasure. You yeah. Know, it's interesting when we talk about the pleasure gap, um, which is something is it like that the comes pay up. gap? Well, it's sort of. I mean, it's it's the fact that like women statistically have less orgasms than men, right? Just like the pay gap. So very similar, but it's really interesting. You know, when people talk about the pleasure gap, that it's like it's not it's not about the orgasm. It's about like, how do you not give a shit that I am not having an orgasm? Right. Like, it's not about whether or not I do. It's like, how does that not seem to matter? Yeah, but I attribute it to like this, okay? Yeah. I just got a car. Thank you so much. <laughs> 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 and I, I went with my mom because she was visiting and we were asking a lot of questions, okay? Because that's what women do. We ask a lot of questions. We want to be very informed. We're not afraid to make ourselves vulnerable to not knowing the answer, mm -hmm. I would say. And the guy kept being like, I'm going to explain it to you very slowly. And I was like, stop saying that. You're treating us like we're stupid. You're used to dealing with men who are too prideful to ask questions. And that's why they seem smart. They just don't fucking ask the question. Mm. And it's like the same thing in bed. It's like a woman will be like, what do you want? Like, how can I help you? And a guy's like, blah, blah. like I don't know. <laughs> would you be open to Yeah, it? I'm not uh, comfortable being vulnerable enough to ask you what you want in the same way that I'm not comfortable asking what the luxury package on that car means because otherwise I look stupid. Totally, totally. So, but what's interesting is that if you know that that's actually from like just thousands of years of cultural conditioning, like how do we meet people who have been conditioned that way, which by the way, that's literally every single It's human, everybody. Right? How do we meet them with empathy and not with shame? Mm -hmm. How do we meet them with openness and love instead of like resentment and anger? Which Are is you what open we... to me showing you where my clit is? Absolutely. First of all, first of all. Perfect. First Perfect. Of all, Perfect. First line. Wait, wait. Yeah. And wait, wait. And I honor your response. <laughs> 
He's like, no. Right. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. On to the but, next. But yeah. that's so good. You yeah. Win. Even when they say no, that's so good. It's like, okay, like, you're not my lover, yeah. but like, you'll find your cool. person. Good luck out there. Yeah. That's great. Why yeah. lay there and suffer through this moment where this person either doesn't care or can't figure it out? You know what I mean? Yeah. If our goal, if our intention, that's the thing. With the wizards, the intentions shift. And this is probably the most important thing of all the things. Mm-hmm. The intentions shift from I don't want to be alone. Like, that's my intention here. Like, I'm fucking you right now because I just don't want to be alone. Sure, I'm right. in a relationship with you. I'm married to you. We have kids together. I just don't want to be alone. Yikes. Okay, so there, So the, the intention shifts from I don't want to be alone. I'm avoiding conflict. And I'm just trying to maintain the status quo. So those are the three big intentions sure. that we tend to predicate most of our love lives and sex lives on. Like, that's it, right? They shift the intention to I want to be a fully expressed person I like really want to expand I want to grow I like, mm. want this moment to be amazing even if I don't really know you we're having sex like I want to find out what my body can do like let's go like let's Hell show yeah. me what I'm made of you know yeah. what I mean so expansion becomes like the the new intention instead of like avoiding conflict connection becomes the intention like let's have it out like yeah. do you want to know where my clitoris is like yeah I do cool let me show you this yeah. is how it works do you Actually, have a hand mirror right exactly <laughs> you know what I mean like I can show you all sorts of things you yeah. know all right great love that right and then the third Third one is instead of like instead of maintaining the status quo, it's actually transcendence. It's just this moment of like, how do we like elevate beyond just this physical experience and enter into like moments of bliss or moments of joy or moments of gratitude? You know, when you have an orgasm, not that it's all about orgasm, but it is an interesting thing that like when we orgasm, our brains are in the same chemical state as when we've done a twenty-minute Vedic meditation. That like actually that tracks. Yeah, for I sure. mean, I mean, that's it. You know, and like we don't even understand. Like, like, like post-play is just a word that like I say that I've never heard anybody really say because we don't even know what that is because we understand foreplay as something that happens before something. We understand sex as being like the main dish. But foreplay, this moment, like post-orgasm, like where I've had this release is like that's where there's there's this magic moment where you get to really connect to your body and you really get to connect to and another person. you feel like person. you're made of jelly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like I want to get there. Like I want to be in that place and not just sexually. I want to be there romantically. I want to be there with myself. I want to be there at work. Like how do we get there? Yeah. So when we shift the intention from like masturbating in the office totally let me tell you oh my god I could tell you so I one time I asked people why they masturbate and the to fall asleep I mean, I, I, it's God's ambient for sure. <laughs> but, but, but no, but not only that, not only that, I mean, like, like I'm stressed out at work. Somebody said, like, I, I close the blinds in my office, I lock the door, I put on noise canceling headphones, and I, I, wow. listen, I listen to porn and I, and I masturbate. I mean, there was a oh person who told a story about uh, breaking her knee on a ski mountain, and she was waiting for, like, the medics to arrive, and she was so stressed and it was so painful that she just started masturbating <gasps> so that she could, like, get her mind off the pain. Well, there was, there was somebody, there was somebody who told a story about how she masturbates to videos of herself masturbating. Wow. I mean, I couldn't even... There's Light like bulb. A, yeah. I like that. <laughs> videos. Are, I mean, the whole... I mean, there's so many yeah. things. Be your own porn star, honey. But like tapping into your own like... like body like and kink? understanding. Totally. Yeah. You know, understand yeah. yourself. Yeah, you can transcend in that way too. But I think that like... I think that when we shift the intentions around why we're meeting another human being from fear, from like avoiding conflict, like, yeah, like we're having sex. There seems to be a moment where I feel differently than you, but I'm not going to say anything because it's going to create conflict and conflict is like a dirty word. You know, the intention becomes to maintain that and also just to maintain things as they are. When those are the intentions, like your life is going to suck. 
Your love life is going to suck. Your sex is never going to be as fulfilling. Like it's going to suck. When we shift the intention to expansion, to connection, to transcendence, and we're just like, that's what I'm committed to, shit gets different. Yeah. You, you know? know, question is like indicative of the, of the former is what are you thinking? Mm. That is one of the worst. In questions. what context are you asked that? Any like like in, during sex? Well, I feel hey, like what are you thinking? I feel like that's like a. I feel like that's a very hopefully like, nothing. I feel like that's a very like '90s movie mm -hmm. like scene where like they're having sex and the guy just like is whatever you know looking mm -hmm. out and the girl's yeah. like, "What are you thinking?" Yeah. Or if like a guy post coital or just like during or yeah, some I don't know. I just feel yeah. like anytime you ask your partner, like my ex boyfriend used to always ask me what I was thinking, I'd just be like. Uh, huh? Like that's such a big, a million things. Yeah. What subject would you like to zero yeah. in on right well, now? Well, so it's so it's so interesting that you call that out because thoughts are obviously very cerebral and they're also like very much informed by the external world. Right. right? Feelings are not. Feelings are not something that we can like calculate. Like you can't help it. Like when I said like the guy was having sex with somebody and somebody took out a razor and you both were like cringe like this. Like you didn't choose that. Like yeah. there's no way. If you touch a hot stove and your hand jumps off like that's that like that bypasses your like brain to like just sure. like you're having I a visceral response. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So a great and uh, you know to go to the tools and the questions a great great question to ask people that we 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 don't because talking about feelings is is tricky and vulnerable is what are you feeling right we always ask what are you thinking because we want to know like what sort of narrative you're creating in your head specifically around us about about <laughs> right, me right, right. Yeah. that's like, like one of my favorite things to say okay enough about me let's talk about you yeah. what do you think of me yeah um, <laughs> yeah, yeah right but 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 asking somebody what are you feeling yeah. You know, what are you feeling? And just and 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 just like I'm feeling I'm feeling satisfied. I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling quiet. I'm feeling, you know what I mean? When you ask people to put words to their feelings, yeah. They do like step back and say like, "Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Like I think that, you know, I I haven't I haven't thought about that in a minute." And and this is what I'm thinking. I really appreciate. Of course, you wouldn't ask that unless you said, "Are you open to, to sharing or, or to sharing what you're feeling?" And I honor your response whatever it is. Yeah. And they're like, Actually, I, I really am. Yeah. Actually, thank yeah. you for asking. Well, I think that for me at least was like a very is a very big revelation in my in my thirties life of just recognizing that my feelings are valid. <laughs> like that was a very hard, long hard road for mm -hmm. me personally. So I love the idea of just it being sort of a service that we can do for one another to hold space for that and make that a priority because yeah, it makes us connect more yeah. it makes us all also relax like when someone's like how are you feeling then you can tell say it and then you're not holding it anymore yeah and and the other thing and to go on that though there's a lot of times where people will ask these types of questions and we either don't feel invited in in a way that feels really safe or we're not ready mm -hmm. and so and there's a we're unsure of how to navigate that and again we want to avoid conflict so somebody asks how we're feeling or what we're thinking and we're like I don't really actually want to talk about this right now, but I really don't know how to tell you that. You know what I mean? So it's like if we if we lead by example and we create a model for the people in our lives, you know, it's like it's like if you want it's somebody contagious. to treat you a certain way, treat them that way. And, you know, it's, it's wild. So people at Touchpoint, I'll, I'll say, you know, I ask everybody, do I have permission to ask you questions? If I ask you a question and you don't want to answer it, you can say no. If you decide you start answering the question and then you're like, why am I saying this in front of 130 people? Stop talking, you're perfect, right? right? So I create all these rules. So it's so funny when sometimes people have been to our town hall or listen to our podcast will like come up to me like out in the world if they run into me and they'll say, hey, Jared, I have a Jared. Is, 
do I have permission to ask you a question? Can yeah. I ask you a question? Are you open to answering? And it's just like, it's just because they've seen it modeled or heard it right. modeled so many times and it felt good. Like yeah. the same way you were like, wow, that feels good to hear that. Yeah. Then they go and do it in the world, you know? So if you want your partner to show up in a certain way, show up that way. Okay, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Something that I've been saying to people that I've been casually having sex with, even though I'm realizing I don't like that, mm -hmm. is the only thing I really need from you is communication. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't like augment that with any other information and I'm trying to figure out for myself what do I even fucking mean by that? Well, what do you mean by I that? I don't know. Okay. You mean that if somebody is going to have sex with you, you want them to communicate with you. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But, but it's like, that that's mean? so Like broad. you want to hear from them. Yeah, but again, still like. If you're giving them the gift that is Stephanie and that light, you. Stephanie. This is yeah. what I'm, yeah, exactly. Like that. <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm getting I can't believe you guys have gone four years in the house. I know, coffee. that's a mess. <laughs> guys, that's uh, the low hanging fruit. Yeah. Namaste. Yeah. I mean, okay, well, I'm going to my Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Is that you, you feel at this age, like I feel in our 20s, it was like very passive that experience. Yeah. Of, and, and as we've grown, using our voice and having it be like a, a respectful exchange post coital yeah. is is crucial. Right. And so when you're if you're giving a gentleman the benefit of your time, your body, your energy. I'm such a joy. Then <laughs> I'm a transcendent experience. You, I really exactly. am. <laughs> Aren't we all? I mean, Aren't we all? No I, if I hear one more time how much fun I am, yeah. I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> so you good. The, the respectful exchange after that is a girl would love a follow-up. Like a check-in. Post-play. Yeah. Post-play. Post-play so, four days later. So are you open to my reflection on that? Yeah, that's Please. why I'm okay, asking. Okay, thank God. Okay, yeah. so... so <laughs> no, sorry. can you so, get off the mic? So this, is what I, so this is what I would say to that. I would say that, you know, we, we often think of what you're actually talking about is defining a relationship. Yes. Okay, so we often think about defining the relationship as a moment where we, we ask two questions. And those questions are generally, what are we and where is this going like that's it like that's the talk we put it off for you know indefinitely basically until one of us gets invited to a wedding and then we have to like ask the other one to be or on needs date. a ride from the airport <laughs> exactly 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 like whoever you've texted landed right that's your person <laughs> like, that's really that's it great you know what I mean like, absolutely so like that's it like that's it somebody's like no we're not really dating like it's not a thing I'm like if you just let that person know that you landed then, You're into that person. Yeah. Like, that's it. You 100%. Know? So anyway, but so what are we and where is this going? And those questions tend to yield answers like, we're a committed monogamous relationship, right? And, and again, there's like all sorts of variants of relationship orientations, et cetera. But like for many people, specifically in this culture, it's like we're, we're committed to each other and we're not sleeping with other people and like we're a thing, right? Where is this going? Like do we think that like this has the kind of like like babies and family trajectory? Is this the kind of thing we're going to be like partners? Okay. So that conversation sucks because it doesn't yield the things that we really want to talk about, which is like how we communicate, when we communicate, right? So right. I think what I've learned, what I've learned from the wizards are that there are two better are questions. Are any of the wizards single? So, yeah. So, so they, they are. They are. They're, they're profound and they, they, they identify in all the ways. They have to be single because they need to give love to everybody. Yeah. So they're individuals. Yeah. I'll say that. They know how to be individuals within the context of a loving relationship. Yeah. However, the other two questions, and this has probably like been like the most revel revelatory thing for me uh, in my life has been not what are we and where is this going, but what do you need 
Mm. And what can I count on you for? Mm. And it doesn't oh, matter. It yes. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether this is a casual thing and we're just having sex once a week or we're a married couple and we've got four kids. It doesn't matter how we identify. It doesn't matter how you know we orient ourselves around relationships if we're non-monogamous. It doesn't, none of it matters. What do you need and what can I count on you for? It changes the game, right? Because what do you need? What do you need is like, tell me what you need. Somebody may say like, I need a text message every day asking me how I'm doing, yeah. right? Great. Okay, like if we're going to keep, you know, interacting in this even just like a physical way and we're going to see each other and check in, like I just want to know that like you care about my well-being. That's actually important to me yeah. in this dynamic. And that person could go, well, you know, I'm really not a good texter and I'm really and busy like, all the time. Okay, then and I can't can do this with you. Great. Thank God. You keep doing it. Like go on. I honor that response. And I won't, they'll no longer be a part of right. this because like, that will hurt it. me. Exactly. So like, you know, what can I count on you for? And then they can also speak to that. They can also say, you can count on me to like, you know, to, to, you know, give you a massage once a week. You can count on me to like, be honest with you. You can count on me to like, uh, you know, to, to be your loving partner for now and for always. I mean, who knows, you know, who <laughs> that, knows? Okay. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? You know, it can escalate and it can change. But the point is that like the beauty of the beauty of what, do you need and what can I count on you for is that that conversation can be a check-in that you have weekly, monthly, yearly. It doesn't matter. It's not, it's not a moment. Like we think of defining a relationship as this definitive moment where we just opt into this like huge thing that we couldn't comprehend, but like actually defining a relationship and refining a relationship is a process that happens over and over and over again. It's a gentle cyclical audit. Exactly. That's all it is. You know, it's a check-in, you know, it's just a check-in. What, what do you need? What can I count on you for? Also just like, then you guys are on the same page where there's not like a guessing game Mm -hmm. and you can, and you give each other freedom to decide if it's correct for you or not correct for you, which is the thing that I run into and why I think the communication thing comes up and why it's so broad and actually doesn't work as something to say is because we're not establishing a baseline of what that even looks like mm-hmm. so that then there are these two people that are having this intimate experience going off separately and really needing two different things and wanting two different things mm-hmm. and that's why they're not communicating and how can I just be like hey communicate with me and then what is he going to say I, I, I want to fuck everyone like, right. Uh, oh. Right. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't understand the question. Yeah, right? and I don't understand right, the question. Right, exactly. So we have to bring our sense of awareness to it. So the other thing, what are we and what can I count on you for? Like, you know, what do you need? Excuse me, what do you need and what can I count on you for? Like, you know, if we were just talking about, you know, a sexual dynamic, like, you know, to be able to create a space where you can openly say out loud the things that you need mm-hmm. is profound yeah right like if you're talking about like it sounds like i'm just picking up on right now that like oral sex or what's also called outer course like that um Okay, <laughs> new vocabulary so word for me. Right. Outer, outer course. It's called, called so outer course. It's called outer course. You know, I we tend love to, outer course. We tend to think of sex Same. as intercourse, right? But there's a lot of people, and specifically a penis going into a vagina. There's a lot of people who don't have sex that way or don't have those parts. So we need more language to talk right. about these things. You yeah. know, how do how do two you know men lose their virginity? You know, that are together. How do two women lose? Well, that's their, intercourse. You know, but it, it's still, it's like we tend sword to think fighting. of sexual. Right. Sword fighting isn't you know is a, is <laughs> so that's I believe the scientific. That's yeah. the technical term that's the technical <laughs> term but i think that like you know like Dueling. saying like what's important to me like what do i need like 
I need you to go down on me. Yeah. Like, I love that. That's like, that, that feels like it's really pleasurable and it makes me feel really close to you and it makes me feel really seen. Yeah. And then you go like, well, I don't really do that. And you're like, okay. Okay. Well, well then I'm never going to suck your dick. Yeah. So are we agreed upon? So, so, and, and, and that's interesting. <laughs> that brings up a whole other bag of worms around reciprocity. Um, but I think that I'm all about reciprocity. So that's like sort of actually a basic human need that we need to feel a sense of reciprocity yeah. in life. A balance. Um, yeah, totally. But the interesting thing about balance is that we balance and equality are different. And so we often think in terms of 50-50. I do X, you do Y, they're 50-50. But whether sexually or romantically or otherwise, like no relationship is 50-50. Right. And it's, you know, some relationships are 60-40, 70-30, 80-20, 95-5, and it changes. It changes over the course of time, right? You could love somebody, we're 50-50, that person gets into a car accident, you got to take care of them, right? I mean, at that point, now all of a sudden the relationship's 70-30. But like, we still net-net we get what we need, yeah. right? So it's like, it might not be like you go down on me and I go, you know, I go down on you. You know, that might be the dynamic that you want to cultivate, you know, but that person might be like, I actually don't want you to go down on me. And I've also, met a lot of guys that actually don't even like oral sex. And it I freaks them out. Think, I've never met any of these people. And I don't oh, you gotta think come to New York. That that's like a good <laughs> <laughs> energy. They don't want their dick sucked. <laughs> I just don't think that's a good energy to playing like this for that. Like yeah. that just doesn't cultivate... A bond. Yeah. I don't mean like an eye for an eye in the moment, but just like in general. Yeah, totally. But also, I, yeah, I see where you're coming yeah. from. We reciprocity need... is important. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying that, I, what I'm saying is that we do have a fundamental need for reciprocity. It's how like things make sense to us. You know, it's even like, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, we could scale way beyond relationships and sexuality. Or like, I mean, there's many people who believe that like based on how they behave on earth, when they die, there's a whole other thing that's waiting for them and it could be good or bad, but it's a, it's a, reciprocal relationship True. it's like sure. you know what i mean so like we just feel this and also when people get sick sometimes even people that don't subscribe to that ideology people will get sick and they'll say to themselves like what did i do like oh. why is this happening to me mm. maybe i'm getting sick because like i did this other play. right this karma right. thing is it so reciprocity is definitely in our dna we need it it's how we understand relationships but um but understanding that it's like it's never really about equality as it is about balance mm -hmm. and those things are, are different yeah. so. Jared wow oh my goodness I think that I hope I, I, hope I was helpful oh my you, god no I want to keep talking but we we, can't. Must say, <laughs> we must go okay, we that's great. are so honored to have you here and are so impressed by you opening up this conversation in the way that you are it is so crucial to I think the advancement of humanity I'm gonna wow, go that far true. and say that because <laughs> like human relationships and and partnership is the basis of life and and we need to have be able to have the tools to dialogue about that and, and with text messaging it's just so yeah, hard it's is like the counter culture to like the the digital world yeah. and it's so beautiful what you're putting out there so thank you so much for joining us today tell our listeners where they can find you oh cool well first of all thank you so much i really appreciate it um thank you for having me here I, I do a lot of writing. Um, I write very short sentences. Those are on my Instagram mm -hmm. at lovejmw. And you can follow Touchpoint um, at lovetouchpoint. Or you can go on to, you know, all the places where you can find podcasts and look up Touchpoint. You'll find our town hall. Um, you can go to lovetouchpoint.com. And um, and you're doing events in New York, and then so I, are you we, guys on tour? So no, no, no. I we I only really I do the town hall in New York. Okay. Right now I'm taking like a brief hiatus to write my book, which I'm very excited Mazel. about. Um, How to be yourself in bed in other places is an audible original. I love that. So yeah, it's the the journey from fear to love, and um, 
And so that'll be available, uh, I think, probably in October or November. So you should definitely listen to that. And, um, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's my spiel. Love Beautiful. it. Jared, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Oh, my God, thank you. Um, what a great show. We did it. What a fascinating and thought-provoking moment. I really would love to talk more about that forever and ever. Yeah, well, I feel like we can do a part two anytime we want. It's our show. Scoot, scoot. It's fun. Um, a few announcements. So thank you to Jared, first of all, yes. of course. Um, I feel like we need one of those things that they have at Rydell High that's like ding, ding, ding. Oh my you God. Know? I love a sound effect. Um, so we're going to be doing a live show as guests of... Um, the Den Talks podcast, our dear friend Tal Rabinowitz is hosting so us. It's going to be a whole night full of crafting, a live show. Juna. I can't wait to go in with her on who she tried to set me up with and how he didn't show up. Oh, I can't wait for that combo. It's hilarious. <laughs> Juna CBD, My Intent. I believe there's going to be card readings. It's going to be a whole thing. Tickets are $35. You can find the ticket link on our link tree Instagram list um, in the little link in bio there. And also, I have to say one of our favorite episodes is with Lauren Zander from Handel Group. And she offers an incredible – you guys, I did this in my 20s. I worked with the Handel Group in their – life coaching and it was life changing for me. Um, they have their new online course and we have a major discount for our listeners if you also the link in our Instagram bio and on our website whenever that pops up. Uh, Retrograde 75, use that code. You'll get a great discount off of their online course. It's incredible. It is the real deal when it comes to self-inquiry and shifting the bullshit. Love. Also, one more class for y'all. One more um, for our for our retrograde students. Megan Wallace James, our Feng Shui HBIC, um, is doing a very cool online course called Sex Ed for Adults. We're offering ten percent off for that. It's if- sexual Feng Shui. Hello, Ooh, hello. I think I should do it. Everybody needs that. So promo code TSR. Um, find the link again on our Instagram. And Guys, the school of retrograde is off and we popping. We are here to serve you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Had a great time. I'm Elizabeth Cott. I'm Stephanie Samari. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks, Mom. Bye. Yes, that's a retrograde.